Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Welcome everybody to uh, Ebenezer Online and uh, this summer as we've been walking with Jesus, we've been privileged to have some guests with us. So I have a very, uh, I'm a, I have a guest I'm very excited to introduce. Uh, his name is Ahmed and uh, he is a BGC missionary uh, who has a very unique calling and a, and a really unique ministry that I've even had the privilege to, to go and visit with Pastor Layton. So they're, they're in the lower mainland, him and his wife and his uh, delightful uh, children as well as two girls and they have a, a ministry that's called House of Omid which is a kind of community center I'll let him speak more to that um, but we've I've just had a great time getting to know him uh, and he's visited Ebenezer multiple times uh, kind of equipping us and helping us understand um, people coming to faith from a Muslim background and he's he's really done a lot of important work and has had a friendship uh, long before I've even come to the church here. But my one of my personal highlights is that uh, Ahmed has personally taught myself and some of our youth goal ball, um, which is a high-intensity sport uh, that Ahmed uh, competes in um, at an international level. So he's been to the Paralympic Games in Brazil in 2016, representing Canada, and they actually uh, won us a bronze medal. So having a, like an Olympic-level athlete teach us uh, a new sport was, was amazing. Um, Ahmed, welcome. Can you fill, I, I know I threw out a lot of things there, but can you fill out some of your story, uh, describe your ministry um, as before we begin here? Yeah. Hi, everybody. So glad to be with you, uh, Ebenezer. You know, Ebenezer has a very special place in mine, my wife, and my family's heart. Um, we had the privilege to get to know you very early in, in our ministry. Um, I um, was born in south of Iran. I was born physically blind. My wife was born in Iraq, and we uh, got to know each other when I was a refugee in Turkey, and we got married in Canada. So just, um, and uh, yeah, so I, uh, when I became a refugee in Turkey, that's how I come to know Christ. And God uh, gave me a spiritual sight when, when I accepted Jesus uh, in Turkey. Um, I came to Canada in 2009, got married to my beautiful wife in 2010. We have two beautiful girls, uh, four and six years old um, currently. Um and yeah, so when we became a BGC missionary, uh, one of, I think our first ever supporting church was Ebenezer Baptist. And, and uh, not just the support, I think the uh, input that they, um, they have um, put in our lives, the encouragements uh, through Pastor Layton and, and other uh, people at the Ebenezer just makes Ebenezer a very special uh, place in our lives. Uh, as uh, Joel mentioned, I have a privilege to play goalball, which is a sport for blind and visually impaired athletes. And I was 
I had a privilege to represent Canada in two Paralympic Games. And uh, that also another thing that I think um, God have used uh, in my ministry uh, for his glory. Everything we have uh, is for his glory. Um, and as our current ministry, we founded the House of Omid, which is a center that serves newcomers and refugees uh, with settlement services. Um, um, we have uh, quite a few different uh, services that we offer newcomers and refugees. And through those services, we share the gospel with them so we could bring the hope of Jesus through the services to these people. And uh, the main reason that we started this um, so many people helped me personally as a refugee who had a disability. Um, but if somebody didn't share the gospel with me, I wouldn't be where I am today. So in our heart is to help people with their practical needs at the same time to provide them with the most important needs, which is, which is the hope of Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Thank you for that little taste of, uh, of who you are and what you're up to. And I'm really excited to be reading together the passage and, and helping understand this passage, John 9. We're going to start with John 9, 1 to 12, and I'm going to read it for us. It says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as his day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can see, when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. To go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the man we used to see sitting and begging? And some claimed that he was, but others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. And he replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it in my eyes, told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, then I could see. And where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. And that's the beginning of this passage. This passage is a little bit longer, but we're going to stop there for now. And I'm just going to comment on how I first kind of came across this, this passage. I'm going to kind of ask the same to you. So for me, uh, I was studying Job in Bible school. And uh, I was actually studying the similarities and the themes from Job that, that go all the way to Jesus. Um, and the big question of why does God allow suffering? So some of those big questions. And it's interesting to note the similarities uh, right off the start of this passage about the disciples uh, and Job's friends. We see uh, someone who's suffering or someone who has a hardship or a disability, and they actually they attribute that to sin. And they, they blame and criticize uh, Job's friends as they came to sat with him. And here the disciples are kind of asking that, that big question. And later we see the Pharisees really um, kind of be cruel about it as well in blaming and criticizing this man or his parents for his sin. So in that, uh, for me, my main conclusions were Jesus was, was kind of showing a new way or he was even calling out the way that we, we kind of make direct connections between someone's suffering and their sin. 
when we when we see it or when we try to understand the problem of, of suffering. And to me, I kind of took it as don't make the mistake of Job's friends or the disciples and the Pharisees and adding shame to someone's suffering. And the other fact that just like Jesus suffered and there was redemption, whenever you see suffering, your, your instinct should be to help and to see that there's potential for, for some kind of redemption or God's glory. So for me, that it was more of a theological wrestling with this, with this text, but that was my takeaway. I was really struck with how Jesus uh, answered the question differently. Uh, so Ahmed, for you in this verse, uh, when did it come to you in your life? And what's, what's, your, what's the point that it brings out right away for you? Yeah, so this is a very uh, special pa- uh, passage uh, uh, in my life. Uh, first, I'm going to go uh, way back before I even came across this this passage. And it was when, when I was four years old. I was four years old, and um, one time, you know, I just went outside the house and was trying to go somewhere, buy something, and, you know, I I fell down, and I had a coin that I lost. And I was trying to find it, and you know it was muddy, it was rainy, it was dirty, and uh, I just realized that I can't see. And I was trying to find this coin, and it hit me that, oh, why am I blind? Why uh, my you know I had four other siblings at the time that were not blind, and this really um, stuck in in my head for for a very long time that. What have I done? Why am I like this? And um, until um, I accepted Jesus in in Turkey, and I remember I was so excited. I was getting a lot of answers of my uh, questions, but there was a huge question mark that, God, why I was born blind? And I remember I came across this passage when I was very excited in my new faith and um, I was trying to do to to uh, to um, re- is. I was writing down what I was going to do for God, the things that I was offering God. And um, I remember in my in, in a devotion, I, I read this passage, and and it really stood up to me. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm very interested. Why this man was born blind? As you know, this is the first time, uh, or the only time in the Bible that Jesus heals. A, a blind man from birth so it resonated with me he wasn't somebody who lost their sight and you know got it back no this man was uh, blind from birth so when i when i heard that and, and jesus answered that you know neither this man sinned nor his parents but god wanted to be manifested he in another word he wanted to be glorified through him that was stunning for me because all the things that I was planning to do for God was things that I thought I'm good at, the things that I thought I'm smart at, the things that I thought I'm experienced at. But God spoke to my heart through this passage that he said, I don't want none of these. You know, they're good. You know, but what I want, I you you were born blind so I can be glorified through that. And I was shocked. It was um, it was shocking to me, but with with open arms i said god you may use my blindness for your glory a lot of time what we see um weakness in us in our in others 
we think that, oh, you know, this is something that, you know, it's, it, it's a defect, is something that is not good. But when, when we give that to God, that becomes our strength. And, and I think that's, that's how I came across this passage. Wow. So that was a, a very powerful kind of personal uh, word from, from God for you, right? Yes. And, and that, that shaped, shaped my ministry. And, and uh, believe it or not, in, I'm sitting in my office right now at the House of Omid, and there's a, uh, uh, a couch right across from me. Many people sat on that couch. And this is how I started with them. I said, do you want me to tell you how to see? And they're like, oh, well, what are you talking about? And, yeah. you know, we talk about spiritual blindness and, and spiritual sight with people. Wow. That's beautiful. So for someone uh, listening, um, what would you say, like, what are, what would that step look like for, for maybe someone else? Maybe it's not blindness, but someone listening, um, listening to this from our church family, what, what's kind of that, some of those first steps in, in saying, okay, well, I have some kind of weakness or hardship. Um, how do I go about making that shift? Like, like Ahmed did. Yeah, so I think um, giving to God um, the things that we're good at, we are, you know, we have a lots of, or we're proud of. These are the things that, you know, are good to give to God, but giving to God our weaknesses are a, a lot harder. And yeah. for, for me personally, I want to encourage you to, uh, to think about what do you struggle with? What are you trying to hide in your life? What is it that you think you are ashamed of? I was ashamed of my blindness. I was trying to cover and do things um, to just um, cover these things that I was, uh, this disability that I had, this thing that I thought it was my weakness. And a lot of time we struggle with, with depression, with, with anxiety, with um, things like that, things that we think, oh, you know, it, it makes me look bad. And God, this is what exactly God looking for. God wants you to give those to God because he wants to be glorified through that. You know, what when, when we give our weaknesses to God, um, God just... Um, adds to that and, and and that becomes our strength because who could help um, a person who struggle with depression rather than somebody who struggled with that but gave it to God so so now that uh, um, struggle that weakness became our service to God that's that's beautiful thank you so much for uh, for sharing that um, you know, there's, as the passage goes on, um, I'm going to read the next section here. So this turns into a whole conflict between the Pharisees um, who had this rule that you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. Uh, this, so this becomes a conflict. The community realized there's, there's been this miraculous healing. It even involved making a kind of a, a salve, like making that, that mud. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, this becomes a controversial thing. So they interrogate the man who is healed and his family. Um, and, the, you know, the, they throw him out of the, the synagogue or wherever that was. 
and they really shame him further. But what's interesting is, is Jesus finds the man uh, afterwards. And this is, I'm going to just read that section as we, as we talk about this next point. So Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? The blind man asked. Jesus answered, you have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and then he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see, and those who do see will become blind. Now some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, We aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sinned. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. So, I love Jesus, how he, um, this whole, like, he, he really stirred up a conflict and, and kind of showed the hypocrisy and the, the sin of the Pharisees. While at the same time, like, this whole story is almost ironic because the, the Pharisees are the blind ones, and the man born blind is truly the one who has sight both physically and spiritually. So just a really great story of how Jesus' uh, ministry and Jesus being the light of the world, uh, there's, there's an element of physical healing, but this is really about spiritual sight and uh, worshiping Jesus as Lord and, and coming to see him uh, as Lord. So I just wanted to talk a little bit more about that and invite you, uh, Ahmed, like how, how did this shift towards understanding spiritual sight and, uh, and it working out in your life and in your ministry um, can you just talk a little bit more about this true spiritual sight um, that, that Jesus kind of is talking about here? Yeah, so I personally um, struggle with that. I was confused about it because um, in my testimony, if, if you read uh, my book, Seeing the Light, I talk about, you know, um, I thought God spoke to me about my eyes being healed, like I, my physical eyes, and I... For a while, I thought, God, you you promised, you told me you were going to open my eyes. And God spoke to my heart that I, I did. I opened the eyes of your heart, the, the eyes that are eternal. And I started realizing the things that I could see, that my own family that were not believers at the time, my friends, like people that I was very close to, I could see things that they can't. We talk about same things, but they have totally opposite idea or or have no idea what I was talking about. And God spoke to my heart that he gave me spiritual sight. And having a spiritual sight is looking through uh, Jesus' eyes. You, we, we would see what, what Jesus had saw. And, and this is what Jesus saw in this man. The Pharisees saw sin in this man. The Pharisees saw weakness. But Jesus, that's not what Jesus saw. Jesus uh, saw an opportunity in this man to help him physically, saw an opportunity with him to share with him and tell him about the Son of Man, about the Son of God, who could, uh, with, with worshiping with him, he could, you know, who could be saved eternally. And, and this is the same truth for us today. We, we got to see through people's eyes. And when I look at this, I see why sometimes Jesus was like a bulldozer. You know, in, in this case, he turned everything upside down. 
he told the Pharisees, no, not actually, not this man is blind. You are or the true blind. You can't see. You don't have spiritual eyes. And, uh, and, and believe it or not, this is the same truth today in the church. I personally struggled with it sometimes. Sometimes some people told me maybe my physical eyes are, aren't being opened because maybe there's a sin in my life. I've been told that or, or things like that. So we got to be uh, paying attention of uh, looking through Jesus's eyes to, uh, to uh, let people glorify through us, uh, through this passage. Yeah, that's, that's right. So we need to pray that we would have eyes to see like Jesus sees when he looks at a situation or when he looks at a person and not um, like what really struck me as well from this passage is that we need to guard ourselves from being like the Pharisees, like from being like the Christian people that maybe told you, well, maybe there's something, maybe there's a sin in your life and that's why you're not being healed. It's the exact same thing these Pharisees said in the Bible, they said to you. So I think there's always that temptation there to, um, to make those connections between um, that, that are kind of judgmental. So we really need to guard mm-hmm. against judgment and see with the eyes of Jesus because there's people, there's people that are ready to see Jesus uh, as Lord and see his, his truth and his light um, through mm-hmm. us. And I think your ministry like, is such a beautiful and almost prophetic uh, thing because it, it's doing that very thing. It's bringing spiritual sight um, in such a such an amazing way it kind of illustrates this this whole section really well and it it was amazing to come see it in person um, when we visited thank you so much for having us when we did Absolutely. that was a, a great time together it was great to have you guys here and hopefully to yeah. have you back yeah for sure um would there be any final um thoughts or even even a prayer on that would you would you mind praying just with this passage in mind for us as a church um, kind of in closing, any final remarks for, for our church family? Yes. Um, um, first of all, I want to, again, speak my heart to you, Ebenezer, about um, you, um, your church, your pastor um, looked at me personally through Jesus' eyes. Um, many of you might, you might not know um, when I first time I came to Ebenezer it was either 2011 or 12 I didn't even speak very good English and uh, I remember uh, Pastor Layton encouraging me so many times about how God is going to use me and my ministry and one of the highlight of my ministry was when uh, Brother Jamie McDonald was um, uh, preaching his last uh, sermon on BGC and there was a lot of the BGC pastors there he asked the um, the pastors the senior pastors to pass on the key of this bus that he was illustrating to younger people and I remember uh, Pastor Layton walked all the way from in front of the sanctuary and came to me and he gave me this key and for me that was uh, it, it was a highlight in my ministry and it made me realize that you know, yes, our, our leaders are looking at us as somebody who struggled with disability through Jesus' eyes. And, and that's what you see today, that our ministry is fruitful because of leaders and, and like Leighton and churches like yourselves who, who have spiritual eyes to, to look uh, 
to people like me and many others in the church uh, through Jesus's eyes and, and realize what Jesus could do through their weaknesses. So I want to encourage you, if there's anything in li- your life, it might not be as visible as my blindness, but there could be things in your life that you think, you know, they're a weakness. They, uh, you shouldn't show them. You shouldn't talk about them. No, today God want to be glorified through them, through your weakness, the things that you think are your weaknesses. And give those to God like I did, and then share them with your leaders, with your pastors, with their help. Uh, that sorrow will become your service for God. And you would see how God moves in your life, in your family's life, in your community, in your city, and, and in the church globally through you. Wow. Thank you so much for those words. Uh, Ahmed, would you like to pray, pray for us as we close? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you that... Um, you giving us the opportunity to see through your eyes, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you would help us uh, to always look at people, Lord, at our surroundings with your eyes, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us uh, with our weaknesses, with our sorrows, so we can give them to you so they become our service, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray for the Ebenezer family, Lord. I pray that you would just um, encourage each one of them today, Lord, uh, to, to let you be glorified through them, Lord. And I also pray for the things, the lies that may have been told about uh, 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 the weaknesses that uh, there might be, Lord. Lord Jesus, we, we, we believe in you, Lord, and we, we let you come to our life, Lord, and take everything that we have, Lord, and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thank you, Ebenezer family. Uh, blessings as we continue to follow Jesus together this summer. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.